ready for true happiness, for deep fulfillment, for feeling alive, on purpose, and in control of your life again, it's time to be the bold, brilliant, beautiful woman you were born to be. Welcome to the Purpose Girl Podcast. I'm women's happiness and life purpose expert, Karen Rockhunt, and I'm going to teach you how to live on purpose, feel alive, and be happy in every aspect of life. I'm going to get real about my life and interview women who are living on purpose so that you can finally live yours. Welcome to the show. Hello, 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 my purpose girls. So when I was 14 years old, I was purpose girl without even realizing it because I was really involved in my Jewish youth group. But like I loved nothing more than having my like little youth group friends and being like president of my youth group and all of that. And the coolest thing about social media is that like years later, we can see where these people were, right? Like the people that we were connected with years ago, the people that we planned social events or bake sales with or whatever the thing was, or you were in school, you were in camp with. And recently, one of these women, then girls, really came across my radar on Facebook. And I saw that someone I knew when I was 14 as girls, and we would do bake sales together, is this amazing entrepreneur all about empowering women and has gone on to create a lingerie company, a bra company to support all women in feeling good in their bodies, in their breasts as they exercise. And the more I'm reading her posts, I'm like, holy cow, we were aligned when we were 14 and we are aligned now. And she now is in Silicon Valley and she is part of supporting creatives, people like you in finding manufacturers and get your, your ideas and your products off the ground. And I'm like, I must reconnect with her and have her on the Purpose Girl podcast. And so I am beyond, beyond excited to introduce you to my guest today because she is a dear friend of mine from long, long ago and an incredible kick-ass woman that we all need to learn from. So let me introduce you to Elise Kay, and I'm just going to give you a heads up that when we were in high school, we went. she went by Lisey. So if I slip into Lisey, this is why, okay? But this is, let me introduce you to Elise Kay, who founded Bloom Bras out of frustration. It had been an engineering challenge, not a design flow, and she has gone, and not a design flaw. She has partnered with NASA, with experts at Oprah Winfrey and Adele in order to develop a sports bra that adjusts to the body. As you will hear in her story, she developed Bloom Bras really when she was a teenager, really had this idea a long, long time ago, and all bored out of her relationship with her grandmother. And then now, as an adult, is co-founder of an incredible company called Cobalt, which is a platform marketplace connecting creators and brands to vetted manufacturers. And Bloom Bras is now in full effect for all of us of all sizes, all shapes, all different breast sizes and configurations for us to feel good in our bodies while we are moving. So welcome to the Purpose Girl podcast, Elise, aka Lisey. <laughs> Okay, first of all, I absolutely started tearing up when you were talking about that because it is it is crazy. You know, I know social media gets a lot of 
negative attention these days, rightfully so, but the positive of it is that we can reconnect and watch and see where people who we knew way back when um, watch them flourish. And, mm. and when you see alignment and when you see, especially, you know, I think anybody who is in a leadership role, whether it be in a religious organization or in high school or, um, or beyond that, um, I think, you know, we were taught at that young age, and we were really lucky also, that we were taught that um, we had the... We have what it takes to be a leader, mm. and I think it, it gets into your blood and it stays in your blood. And I just, I absolutely love the platform that you've created, and I'm so excited to connect with the community here. Um, you know, one of the things that has been the, I would say, the silver lining of creating Bloom Bras has been really connecting with the community. So yeah, we are now the most body inclusive line on this on the market. So we go from a 28 C to a 56 L. Mm. And um, what's so interesting there is when I started this, and, and I'll, I'll backtrack a little bit, I wrote the business plan for Bloom Bras when I was in college. So um, we all have a, 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 I would say, an uncomfortable relationship at some point or another with our breasts, whether that be in puberty or pregnancy or with weight gain, weight loss, um, and then as we move into perimenopause and then menopause, uh, our bodies are constantly changing. So I was a late bloomer. Uh, I, I went from a, I would say generously calling it a big A, small B, uh, the end of my uh, junior year in high school to coming back after a summer as a double D and got to deal with all the ridicule from the bullying. I got to deal with the not feeling comfortable in my body, not feeling uncomfortable with the attention I was getting. I was a dancer and all of a sudden costumes didn't fit me and, and things like that, which are, um, you know, they're, they're tough for any young woman. But I think as we, as our bodies then evolve, uh, we start to then, um, I would say, apologize for our our curves or lack thereof right i remember right. years and years of doing that i must i must i must increase my bus trying or stuffing a bra and then all of a sudden you know doing anything in my power to hide hide what uh, what was appearing on my chest mm. and uh and so i wrote this business plan because after years of doing what most women i know who are who are busty do which is wearing either two sports bras at once a regular bra under a sports bar or, or even you know um some women just frankly stop doing the exercises that that make them uncomfortable mm. i said there's got to be a better solution uh, i ran and and this is a you know this is back to it we're both from detroit so this is back to a little bit of a detroit story I, uh, I signed up to run my first half marathon on behalf of a charity called Immerman Angels, um, which is a Detroit-based charity, and um, we went to, the night before the race, we went to this incredible dinner that was put on by Livestrong, and this woman who was a three-time breast cancer survivor got up and gave a speech about how there's no reason for her to have been alive at that point in time. Um, she had you know, she had she had been given a horrible diagnosis 
but prevailed. And she said, you know, my, my mind has never been clearer. My spirit has never been stronger. And my body is just trying to catch up right now. Mm. And so I don't care if I have to walk, crawl, or if you guys are going to carry me over that finish line tomorrow, I'm going to do this. And several things happened to me at that point in time. One was I said, okay, well, I guess i got to run this thing, right? I have no excuses. Um, <laughs> right, if she's doing it, okay, I guess I can do it. Right, and then the second thing that was that became apparent to me was, you know, just just the resilience of women in general and the resilience as we go through things traumatic and and maybe not as traumatic as as a three-time breast cancer survivor um, but our resilience and our strength and our power coming out of something um, I think drives us to make different decisions in life and then the third thing that was that uh, that became apparent to me was that um, after running this half marathon with an underwire bra under a sports bra I had no skin and I had no skin left from all the chafing and so I said, I had written this business plan at this, at this point 15 years prior, and why have I not done this? Mm-hmm. And so I pulled it out, and that was the night that I committed to, to founding Bloom Bras. And it's, it's been a journey of twists and turns and lefts and rights, and, um, and I've never been prouder of anything mm-hmm. I've created in life. Mm-mm-mm. This is so powerful. There's like so many things I want to put a picture frame around. That's how I think of it is like, I I love taking any of you who are my guests and like, I want to extract what you say and just stick it on the wall. Right. And, and first and foremost is really highlighting and being proud that the experiences that we had in high school really did and do shape ups. And it's an opportunity for every single one of us to look back, whether you were in a youth group or you were in whatever you did in high school and like really take from it. What did you get from that that can support you in moving forward toward a dream right now? Right. I think sometimes we look back and maybe we just want to step away from it, but we all got strength and courage from every moment. And so I'm like, especially because obviously I'm so in love with what you and I did in high school and like have that experience with you. And so I'm really touched by that. And then two, I think so often we do find our purpose from pain. Right. It's like here was this moment that you're watching this other incredible woman and it wasn't your pain at that moment. But like, all right, if she can do that, then I can and I must do this. And it's so interesting that you bring up someone who had was a three time breast cancer survivor, because one of my clients, one of my coaching clients was a breast cancer survivor. And she said she had such a hard time finding bras for her. So she had a single mastectomy, no bra ever then really worked for her. Like nothing ever felt comfortable and certainly nothing ever felt sexy for her, right? And that was like really a passion for her. And I can only imagine then how challenging it is to move. And so as you're sitting there and having that moment, like I can do this, I must do this. And it's an opportunity for every single one of us, myself included, listening to Elise, Lisey, really feel into, she giggles when I say that, so I feel like I have to say it a lot really feeling into what is the idea that you are sitting on right now. So if you're in your car or you're like sitting there with a journal, like what is the idea that you've been sitting on and let this be your moment? Absolutely. And, you know, I think because, because one of the, again, one of the, the things that was so, I would say, um, 
you know, I, when I was when I was debating what I was going to do and how I was going to pull this together, there isn't a single path. Um, and so even just looking at the product, I wanted to create something that didn't have underwire. So that was a re that's and that's a very big that's a that's a hard challenge right there. That's where the engineering piece came in. I wanted something that was going to adjust to our bodies because mm. you know I'm a I'm a double G. I'm a I am i am smaller. You know I'm I'm a 32 double G. So I'm a narrow frame, but but very busty. Um, and so. You know, I kept saying I wanted something that was going to adjust because our bodies change 10% throughout a month naturally. And mm. that's without any, you know, any sort of major weight loss or weight gain. And so if you're, if you tend to be a, a larger busted woman, um, that's a full cup size that your body can change in a month. And so if you think about, right, all those times where you go to put on a bra and it doesn't feel right or a shirt, it doesn't feel right or same thing with pants. And so I wanted something that was adjustable, something that was comfortable and breathable. And I, I really wanted, and I can say this obviously amongst friends here, I kept wanting somebody to have to feel like somebody was holding me up with hands, right? Mm -hmm. Something that, that would feel good um, at the end of the day. And I, and I wasn't sure, right? At the time, I wasn't sure what that looked like. I started to find inspiration from everywhere. So I would find, for instance, a material. One of my favorite stories is I went to, um, I don't know if you've ever seen those aerial yoga classes that have like the silts and whatnot. Yes. So I went to this class and there's this, it was this awesome class. And at the end, they have you cocoon in this silk. And there's a 300 pound man next to me cocooning so comfortably and I was mm. like if that's holding him up why does this not work for bras you know and right. so it really became the thing that drove um that drove that drove every decision in my life right I started looking at how do you lift a piano up to a second story window how do you um how do seams work how do I create something that uh that I know nothing about. I'm not a sewer. I am not a designer. I came from corporate America. And um, so I started to listen to stories like Sarah Blakely's on how she built Spanx or, you know, even like more recently, I love the Peloton story where he got turned down for 10 years by every venture capitalist under the sun. And yet he, he prevailed and he, and he persevered. And now, you know, there are very few homes I that don't have a Peloton. Uh, so, so um, you know, and I think again, every, I, I would venture to guess everybody has an idea where they say, "I wonder why this doesn't exist." Mm -hmm. And by the way, there are a million reasons why those things don't exist. But um, feeling empowered and to be able to uh, take a look and and say, "Well, all of these other innovators before me did it." Maybe it's my time as well. And by the way, that's not for everyone. I, I, I will be very clear and say when you decide to go into something that is, that is the unknown, you have to be prepared financially. You have to be prepared emotionally. You have to be prepared, um, to give it your all. And if that means that now is not the right time, that's okay as well. Um, you know, it, it I've been at this for, uh, I launched Bloom Bras, uh, let's see, five years ago, but I sat on it for 20 years prior to that. Um, so timing is everything. It, it is. And some people listening to this 
have an idea for something that's physical, like what you're talking about, like a tangible product. And some of you out there maybe sitting an idea that is, you know, online Etsy store, or some of you, you're not ready to do that. And that's okay too. You know, your dream could be, how do I get out of corporate and homeschool my kids, right? Whatever it is, like, let's just say whatever you are sitting on in terms of a dream, an idea, gleaning from Lisi, what is possible for you? So when I think of a physical product, I, I mean, I don't, I don't sell a physical product. And so I think that mine is like a lot easier. I'm just going to be honest because I wouldn't know the first thing. Like I, like you said, I don't know how to sew. You said you didn't know how to sew. You weren't a fashion designer who like knew about fit models or any of that kind of thing or materials or manufacturing. So how did you even start? So it's a good question. Um, so uh, one of the things that, uh, going back to our leadership days, one of the things that um, that I learned was that picking up the phone and asking a lot of questions, people will be willing to talk to you. So, mm-hmm. um, so and if they don't pick up the phone, just keep calling. Mm-hmm. So I, um, I had this concept and I... Uh, reached out to a bunch of designers um, that, you know, that I found on the internet and they all kept coming back to me with more sports bra-like designs saying, no, that's not really where I want to focus. And so I, through a friend of a friend of a friend, um, had heard about this woman who does all of the corsetry work for Oprah and Katy Perry and and Adele. And um, so I got a phone number and I called and she picked up, which was interesting because she doesn't have voicemail. Uh, and, um, and you know, just told her my concept and she, you know, she, she agreed to support me. And, um, so we sat down and we got immediately into, uh, what I would call Frankensteining the design. So cutting Mm. pieces from this and this, uh, to create that corset, like, um, design. So the way that the Bloombrow works today is um, it takes all the weight from the front and it pulls it to the back. So in a typical bra, you've got about 90% of the weight that falls into that band, which is why you get those awful red lines. Hmm. Um, and so I wanted each cup to be adjustable. So each cup has um, a little corset cincher inside of it. Uh, and the straps actually were inspired by nursing bras um, because, again, most of us are not symmetrical. So I wanted it to be able to give the lift that you wanted. I, I use the analogy a lot. If you put 10 women who are all a, let's just say, a, a 38 double D next to each other, um, they're going to have different desired needs. So if somebody's 22 versus 65, if they've had three kids versus if they're wearing it to go out clubbing, the, you know, based on demographics, our bodies are going to hold differently. Yeah, so, those ten sets of boobs. Actually, the twenty bra- the twenty breasts right. are going to look entirely different. Exactly, exactly. Right. And so that was really important. So the next um, thing that happened was I was working with um, all the different seams, trying to to find figure out a way to create something and materials that was going to feel good to the different body types. And so I got connected, well, actually, that's not true. I got invited to um, the speaker panel, and there was a woman there who is an astronaut and doctor for NASA. Hmm. 
Hmm. And so I said, let's go grab coffee. I'm obsessed with everything that you're doing. And we started talking about Bloombras and what happens to the body as you come back from space and all of the, the dramatic changes. And so I said, well, could we small scale that? So she then jumped in and helped. Um, I cold called uh, the woman who is the ex-CFO from Victoria's Secret and said, I cannot find a manufacturer. I probably spoke to 60 manufacturers who all told me no, that they wouldn't make the product, even if, right, even if I bought the minimum order quantity and even if I was willing to spend all the money in the world, they wouldn't talk to me. And so... Um, because... Because they didn't want to work with startup brands. Um, because of the unknown, it was too yeah, risky. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, and then I had that factory um, three days before the order was supposed to ship. That factory uh, informed me that even though they had all my money and my patterns, that they weren't going to do the product. They oh never gosh. actually ordered the material. And so... My options at that point were to scream and shout and bang my head, and I knew that that wasn't going to get me anywhere. The mm. second option would have been quit, and by the way, that would have mm. been a fine option. Mm -hmm. um, but the third mm -hmm. option was to say, okay, um, I will fight like hell, and I will uh, find an alternative option. So <laughs> one of the things that I, um, you know, that I'm very passionate about is sustainability and sustainability to manufacturing. And so I built a, a factory, built a factory in Sri Lanka that uses solar power, wind power, um, that we use local labor to actually manufacture the product so that they're not um, having to travel. And, you know, and now they're, they've been up and running with me from the very beginning, and it's an amazing relationship. Um, you know, I... When I started, I, I launched on Kickstarter. I had no idea what Kickstarter was. This is, you know, again, this is five, six years ago. Yeah. But I put out a Kickstarter that was made in my kitchen, and um, I had no idea if it was going to be more people like me that are, you know, narrow and, and curvy, or if it was going to be a typical, and I don't use this word very common, but I'm just going to, you know, for purposes of this conversation, a, a more um, plus size, uh, curvy woman, if that was more my target market, was it going to be moms? Was it going to be breast cancer survivors? Was it going to be women over 60 who've gone through, you know, gone through the changes and really wanted something that was going to be comfortable? I just didn't know. And so I put out this Kickstarter and again, going back to our community, right? I put it on Facebook and, um, with the goal of raising uh, $20,000, which we hit in 80 hours. Oh. And what was more insane was that we had over 240,000 people come through that Kickstarter in three weeks' time with no paid spend, and it was all because of community. It was mm. all because of women supporting other women or, or people, honestly, people from our community. Um, from home. Sharing, right, sharing the link, sharing the... And, and I mean, again, right, imposter syndrome hits every single day, and, it, and it's a real thing. I actually remember sitting in, in my room, um, I think it was a night, night one of Kickstarter, rocking back and forth, watching, you know, as, as money was coming in, saying, oh my gosh, so 
now I actually have to do this, and how do I do it? Right, right. now, I, now there's the responsibility, right? This right. is the fear. This is the fear of success, right? So it's right. like it was. It was one thing when it was an idea, and well, nobody's going to fund this thing anyway, and I could at least say I tried, and blah blah blah. But like now, this fear of success, like what if what if it doesn't work? What if I have their money and it it falls apart, or the responsibility, or what if it's successful and then I need to produce more and I don't know how to do that, or whatever the thing is, right? Right, 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 right. And so it was, it was this wild, you know, and, and it's never stopped. I mean, we had. Right. I'm gonna. I'll tell. I'll tell a story of you know. We we were in um we were in Macy's uh, 2019, um and Macy's put us in, and I hope I hope nobody from Macy's is gonna like send me a, a nasty gram here, but um we did a try a, a pop up in. A bunch of their stores and they put us with the pop-ups which are behind the men's section and they um. had men working the department and you can't have a man selling a sports a very innovative very different sports bra for curvy women and yeah. no woman is going to find it so it was a huge failure huge expensive failure right right so you right. know you go from like this high of being like oh my gosh i'm gonna be amazing and it's out of going... your control, right? Absolutely. So like they put it where they put it. And by the way, if anyone listening to this is at Macy's, what an opportunity to right. like do it the right way because this is clearly a product that, that people want. Your Kickstarter is such a great example. And this comes up. I'm not an expert at any of this by any means. But since I work with so many of you who do want to live your purpose, you're like, well, I can't afford. Kickstarter is an amazing way, right? You set up Absolutely. A, a free platform to use. You set up, you explain what your idea is. Or I know people who have done it for, you know, creating a nonprofit or for donating something in particular or getting their record, you know, being able to record a piece of music or whatever it might be a way of, of getting people to support you in small increments rather than needing to look for, you know, venture capital funding. And then it, it is a community project. And yes, it's scary. I imagine it, like you said, it's so you're rocking back and forth. Oh, yeah. I totally feel that anxiety in my body. And how exciting. I'm sure every single person wanted to be part of this. You know, and wasn't that, holding that was... you. Yeah. No, 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 no. That's exactly it. And you know, it's it's interesting because now being on this side of the table, one of the things, especially as we're coming up onto holiday season and and you know, um, coming off of of a crazy pandemic, one of the things, or I don't even know if we can say coming off of, right. um, but after what we've gone through the last year and a half, um, you know, small businesses are what are the that is the main. That is what has built America, and that is what I think needs to thrive in America. So, um, you know, support small businesses. That's one of the best ways to learn. So whether that be mm. buying product from them, which is obviously the ultimate, um, but if you can't afford the product or if it's not really your, your thing that you want, like them on social media, share their posts, um, mm. talk about them, because frankly, um, I broke up a long time ago with um, with Amazon, um, just after watching what they've done to so many small businesses, uh, and obviously that's a really hard thing to to 
to do. Mm -hmm. Um, and it means that I do spend a little bit more on products, but it also means I'm a little bit more cautious and and cognizant of the products that I bring into my house. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and, you know, as a small business owner, every single, I could tell you every time that somebody comments or likes a post that, that, you know, that, um, that we do, that's, you know, that, is meaningful to me. Um, so do that, right? Go on and, mm. and support small businesses. That is, thank you for that message, Lisey, right? Because it, all of us are listening to this and we're like, well, we have an idea. But then are we walking that same talk that we want people to do for us, right? right. And it's such an opportunity to create an entirely different kind of economy, an entirely different kind of, there's financial economy, but also support economy, right? Like to leave, I always ask you all to leave your five-star reviews for the podcast because you're, when you leave a five-star review, that's how women all over the world are finding us, right? So it's like doing this for small businesses, doing this for women, right? Right. Because I believe what you and I learned when we were in, in B'nai B'rith Youth Organization, that's what we were in together. And I believe that what we learned was to support each other in everything that we did. And we don't, you don't come across this. I get a lot of questions. Like I create, I don't even know if you know, Lisey, but I create a lot of sisterhoods. So a lot of my programs and a lot of the work I do is in groups for, so that women have a supportive sisterhood. And cause that was like, that's what we had when we were young. Right. 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 And so, you know, where you can have other women supporting you and cheerleading you and saying, yes, go do that thing and say it. And that's not the experience that a lot of women have had right. throughout their life or career, whether it was in high school or middle school or, you know, worst boss I had was a woman. And then it made me scared to have women as bosses, right? Which is terrible. But that I was like, oh my gosh, women are mean, right? That This was like when I was 22 or whatever. And so this idea of supporting each other is so important. And I'm curious from your perspective, what have you seen in terms of this opportunity, because I know you're all about women supporting women and empowering women. Absolutely. So I have to tell you, like, again, one of the side benefits that has happened from Blue Bras is I'm a member of a bunch of female founders communities. And, mm. and you know, we have, there's a, I'm going to kind of speak out of two sides of my mouth here. One is that you know, as a founder, as an entrepreneur, as as a three-time, uh, now a four-time founder um, of companies, I hate when somebody says, she's a female founder, she this and this and this. But on the flip side of it is that we have to, so only 2% of, com- of funded companies go to female founders, um, which means 98% of the money that is out there does not go to females. Um, Okay, wait, I am, I'm sorry. (laughs) My blood is, wait, what? Oh, yeah. And I mean, and that number, by the way, uh, that number is, has increased. Like, that's, that's actually, um, so there's that. The second piece is, is that, and I, and I talk about this a lot, you know, when I, when I joined this community of, of female founders, one of the best, things that I have ever, one of the best experiences I've ever had, and this actually came from, um, from a coach was she, she had to sit in a room and, and, you know, most of these women were pretty accomplished. And she said, you know, and again, I hope this doesn't offend anybody in your community, but, but in typical, when a, a, 
a man or, or, you know, I'm going to use gender norms, not, uh, you know, not to, to exclude anybody. But when a man walks into a room, they immediately go to another man and they say, how can you help me? Hmm. And when a woman walks into a room, we oftentimes want to have a conversation. We want to say, I love your shoes. How are your kids? <laughs> how is this? And, and sometimes we don't even get to, because we're, we, we are not taught to ask for help. A hundred percent. So that's one of the things. The second thing is when a man walks into that VC meeting, they say, here is a, an idea that I wrote out on a napkin. This is the next unicorn company. I need $10 million to make this and I'm going to hire the best of the best. A, a woman walks in and we say, I've been working on this for five years. I, I think I can, for like, $500,000, I think, I here's how I would spend every dollar, and I think that I can grow this to this amount, and we doubt. Mm. And I, I think one of the big things that, like, that I've learned over the past couple years is to eliminate that doubt, but also to help to change that conversation, to make us more comfortable about talking about money to make us more comfortable about talking about failure, right? Most companies fail, most product lines fail, most marriages, right? I mean, where, what is it, 52% um, of marriages end up in divorce. These are, these are quote-unquote failures, but they're not. They're part of life and they're part of our ecosystem. And so the more that we can start to talk about that and also help then to somebody to say, listen, I have no idea what I'm doing right now and I've got this great idea. Um, how do I set up a, a Shopify store? Mm-hmm. And there's there's obviously thousands of women who are doing this already. And they will take the time. If you ask a mm. question, they will take the time and they will absolutely help. But I think it's making people comfortable with, with having those conversations. Yeah, this is so genius. Thank you so much, Lisey. This is being comfortable with discomfort. Right. No one has ever done anything at all. Right. Whether we call it big or small or whatever, no one's ever done anything without some discomfort. Right. And what I know about every woman listening to this is you have already overcome and been resilient and strong through so much discomfort, whether that was discomfort because you had acne when you were in high school or because you suddenly came back after a summer and your your you know, your breasts had grown or that was discomfort because you had a miscarriage or discomfort in your 24 hours of labor that you had with your child. Like we all have had discomfort. And so can we start getting comfortable with discomfort? And it's the discomfort of talking about ourselves, right? I remember with an ex-boyfriend, we went to a marriage counselor, which really should have been a sign that we weren't, you know, <laughs> headed in the right direction. But anyway, we did. And yes, we did break up. That's a different story. But we're sitting there and she Same. said, right? And so she's like, the difference, you know, again, gender norms, which of course do not apply to everybody. But she said, you know, if you go onto a playground, it looks like this. Boys are kicking around the ball and then one of them wins and the other one kind of slaps them or wrestles them and then they laugh and they get up and they keep going right there's like this i'm gonna win i'm i got this thing i can do this and girls are sitting over on the side around the sandbox and going uh, having a tea party and going are you okay 
are you okay? Can I get you anything else? And we're really trying to make other people happy. Now, that is not a bad thing, right? Us being nurturing human beings is not a bad thing. It's a beautiful thing and why we actually need more female founders and why we need more female government leaders and everything else because that natural ability to care for humanity is super important. And can we step into the discomfort, what I'm hearing you say, Lisey, can we step into the discomfort of saying, I have a great idea and I need money for it and believe in me. And can we even like that old, like fake it until you become it? Like, can we put our shoulders back? And that's actually how I learned to do what I do. Like, I'm loving listening to you say, I did all these cold calls and this and this because you and I used to sit at the grocery store and ask everybody who walked by us, will you buy our cookie? Will you buy? We would have a bake sale, no joke. Like, I swear to God, every other weekend we had a bake sale because we were raising money for our youth group. And so we just learned to do that. And I carried that into my corporate career where I would just put my shoulders back and kind of pretend that I knew what I was doing when I didn't necessarily. Right. Well, it's so funny because even right, even even now, right, you're, you're having a conversation on a podcast. Um or you know, or 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 being able to cold call somebody and know that they're gonna that they're just a person on the other yeah. on the other side, you know. So you're you're you like this crazy accomplished, you know, coach and and community leader and sister leader, but at the end of the day, you're just a person on the other line too, you know, who's gone through the trauma, who's gone through the troubles, and who has said, listen, podcast didn't exist when we were younger. And so you're, you know, it's like we're no matter what we're trailblazing and we're learning on the go. Yes, and that's something that you know that needs to be celebrated more. Oh my gosh! And, and the failure, like you said, like I, anyone listening to this has heard me say this a hundred times. But in case you're new, let me say this again: the first time I held a group program, you know how many people signed up? Zero. Right. Right. I mean, and then the second time, like, I, I don't even know how I got out of bed except for a lot of ice cream, you know, a lot, a lot, a lot of ice cream later. And when I tried the second time, zero people again. And then the third time, three people. And so it's like this, it's okay. And I never learned this as a kid. I don't know about you, Lisey, but I never realized it was okay to fail. I, yeah, it has, I, I used to be so humiliated by failure, ashamed. I felt sick. And I, can we make it part of like normal conversation? Right, right. And you know, it's 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 um I think when you take the fear out of failure, mm. right? At some point we all learned, well maybe not everybody, but we all learned how to ride a bike. Right. Yes. And now it might seem second nature. We all learned how to walk. Yes. Um but you crawled first and you fell a lot of times first and you hit your head and you got back up and you may have cried. And you may have screamed and you may have been frustrated as hell, but at the end of the day, you got up and you, and you at some point hit that success. Yes. And I don't know if you know, I have a toddler now. So I had, because <laughs> I've seen you on Facebook, you've probably seen me, I don't know. But so, you know, I had a baby just last year, right? So I was 45 when I had him. And so it's fascinating to teach this while I literally have been teaching a human to walk. Because that was an example I would give all the time. And then I have the opportunity to actually watch him. And he's still, he walks great now. He can run around the house. But he still trips over himself at oh, least yeah. six times a day, right? Yeah. And, and to watch how his brain is working, that really just the more times 
he has experienced the first time he sees two Legos, he doesn't know what to do with them. But the next time he's kind of trying to put them together. And then like eight times later, he figures out how they stack on top of each other. And that is what we all can do. Right? Wait till you get to potty training. Oh, yeah. <laughs> here we go. Especially because I don't know how to do but that's why there's a man here to teach how he actually stands up and pees, and I don't know all of it. Tree, trees, <laughs> trees and bushes will be your friend. For <laughs> um, you know, I mean, listen, I just didn't, and it's just coming out of stealth mode, so I don't, I'm not, I'm, I haven't really gotten a chance to talk a lot about it, but one of the hardest parts of, that I found with, with, product development, and this is my background, by the way, is product development, was I couldn't find a manufacturer for the product. And, like, after 40, 50 no's, mm. you start to say, like, is it worth it? Like, yeah. maybe maybe it's not worth it. Like, do I want, did I want to leave my corporate gig to, you know, where I was, I had health care, I had vacation, mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I had a 401k. Like, do I want to leave that right. to essentially, like, you know, go down this path where it's nose, 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 left and right. Mm. And um, and so I just launched um, a company called Cobalt, which, you know, I think you had mentioned in the introduction, is uh, is an online platform to connect brands and creators to vetted manufacturers. And, the, you know, the main purpose there is really that the creator community, especially right now, you know, you see the you know they're calling it the great resignation but all the people right now who are saying coming out of the last two years of life like is corporate life really for me i have this amazing idea i have this amazing gift and is is that a better place for me to to put my efforts is that a better life for my family and i is that going to provide more more happiness for me and um and so, you know, it's, I, I'm scared as hell as we're going into this, and I couldn't be more excited about it mm. um, because, again, right, it was it, just like Bloom Bros, it was my frustration. It was my problem. And so, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going in bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, but also knowing that, that every day I'm going to run into more and more challenges and pivots. And, yes. Yeah. And what I'm hearing you say is it's how we see that challenge. You know, even just within two seconds, one sentence, you said that you're both nervous as hell and excited as hell. One of them was as hell. So we'll just say they're both as hell. And that this is so normal, right? The body actually, now if we look at kind of your body chemistry, the body looks nearly identical with, being nervous and being excited, right? Think about it. You get butterflies in your stomach either way because your blood is starting to rush either way. You get the adrenaline hit either way. And so what research has actually found, researcher Kelly McGonigal found that it's how you look at that stress that makes the difference. Are you looking at it as an opportunity or are you looking at it as something that is is to be afraid of? And of course, it's going to be both. But like to really say, I'm going to flip this into as much excitement as I can, and I'm going to go for this being an opportunity. And and per your original point, like, if not now, when? Right? Right. And I think, you know, again, um, if I if somebody had told me at 23, you know, we, we, we were talking a little bit offline about, like, how our lives evolve, right? If somebody had said it, it to you when you were 12 years old, what do you want to be? I wanted to be a choreographer on Broadway. 
Mm -hmm. I should remember that about you. Turns (laughs) out I am not such a good dancer. (laughs) I'm very passionate about it, but I'm not such a great dancer. Also, eh, choreography doesn't sound all that exciting after 12. But I also didn't think that, that I would be an entrepreneur. But if you go back to our bake sale days, right, that was essentially entrepreneur in training. And, yes. you know, or somebody saying to us, like, you are empowered to raise this amount of money yes. in order for you to be able to go to a, a social event. Right. Um, and that's what we were raising money because it was like, well, there was this weekend cabin that we could all go to and it was like, well, if you right. want to go, you need to have money or if you want to do this particular event, I mean, Super Bowl party is the first thing that's right, coming right, to my head or whatever right. it might be. Karaoke, and that was short. Right? Right. right. And we would compete with the other chapters for like a fundraising goal. Right. You know, and so that was also part of it was like learning, can can we do this? And and you know what's interesting about this? You know, I I often say that we ask kids what you want to be when you grow up when most kids don't know all the possibilities. No. I, I didn't even Neither know that there was the a... adults. Right, but I didn't know the word entrepreneur or who would have thought that you could, you know, be a co-creator of connecting designers and creators with manufacturers like that. And I didn't even know then that there was a woman's empowerment job, right. even though that's actually what I was doing when I knew right. you. I didn't realize that that's right. what I was doing. Yes. I hate math. I hate science. I hate numbers. But a lot of that was, was, was learned, right? That wasn't, it, it was learned. And so when all of a sudden I had to um, be involved, I had to understand the financials of my business, the financials mm. of my life, right? The financials of, our, of a household. Um, and I had to start to learn what goes into making a company, making a product. Um, you all of a sudden, you're, you're, you, you learn these things by fire. And I think same thing with, and I, I, I mentor a lot of, a lot of women um, who are coming out of college. And one of the things that I will always tell them is your first job out of out of school is more about learning what you don't like, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, so for me, while I got to see, I, I got to be involved in all these amazing projects, and and um, I was very fortunate with my first job out of college, which, by the way, was working for the lava lamp company. Um, ah. I had gotten turned down. I thought I wanted to go into PR, and I had gotten turned down by almost every PR agency in Chicago and New York, and um, the offers that I was getting were for $16,000 a year, which I couldn't pay rent on and uh, and unless I wanted to live a certain lifestyle, and it just, for me, that wasn't the lifestyle I wanted, and so I took a job for $28,000 uh, working for the Lava Lamp company and and essentially running the marketing. And, um, you know, it's I went in bright-eyed, bushy-tailed, and I was very lucky that I had a boss that let me run with a lot of my wild and crazy ideas. And I'm also lucky that those wild and crazy ideas Paid off. For yeah, the I, was say, I think it sounds like a really good, really good it's, job. It was <laughs> great. They, it was they great. Did a re- <laughs> I think they've done really well. Yeah. Right. But you know, it's like 
you look at all those rejection letters. I mean, we right. had, it wasn't what we you had, had wanted. It wasn't what you had set out. Yeah. Right. My, my friends had, they, there were seven girls who lived in the house my senior in college and the entire stairwell was papered with all of our rejection letters. Oh, I and, love that. Right. And it was like, you know, again, it's funny to think back now, but, um, but all you needed was that one yes. And then right. in that one yes, like I learned, Turns out, I thought I wanted to go into PR. I like PR, and I and I, I still do. Um, I didn't really want to spend my life writing. It wasn't mm. really my thing, and um, and so it becomes an aspect that I have to do. Um, and storytelling is what I love the most. But that wasn't going to be if I went and I worked for an agency. That really wasn't going to be the job that I was going to have. Um, and so I learned. Like I fell madly in love with product development. Who knew? I wasn't an engineer, I wasn't an industrial designer, I wasn't a manufacturer, but yet there was this really cool avenue that I got to go down and that shaped the entire path of my career simply because I asked too many questions. (laughs) Which is really a true nature then, right? Right. Which is so, so cool. You know, might be a side note, but when I was in high school, I remember Ida, Ida was our youth group advisor, uh, asking she and I talked once and her asking me what I wanted to do. And I said, I want to be an OBGYN. And I really, really, really did want to be an OBGYN, but I can't stand the sight of blood. And I was telling that story to a client a couple of years ago and she said, and now you birth women's dreams. And I was like, it's come full circle. This is so good. Right. It's so full circle. Of course, when I had my baby, yes, when I had my baby, I was like, oh, I wish I could have been an OBGYN, but it's true. I'm like, all right, I do birth because I, you know, it, it turns me on. But, you know, this, what you're, what you're pointing to is like being open to what you're curious about, what you're interested in, following that without needing it to look a certain way, staying open that whatever you might end up doing in 10 years might not exist right now. Like you said, there were no podcasts, like, Every way that I kind of connect with people didn't exist when when we were growing up. So there's just so much here. There's so much here. So what would you say, Lisey, just before we move into kind of our final round, what would you say to someone who is starting right now? No matter what age they are, what's like that piece of advice? So my piece of advice, and this is like, this is, it's kind of threefold. So the first one is... Um, Figure out what you, you know, figure out what your North Star is. So I had, um, I think I mentioned, so I, I, I worked with a couple, so I went through this phase, um, two years ago. So Bloom Bros has had successes. Bloom Bros has had a lot of failures, all of them being financial. Um, and, and so this is right before we went into lockdown. Um, I started to question, is Bloom Bras, like, is this really where I should be, like, is this my life? Mm -hmm. Um, And I worked with this business coach, and the first thing she had me do was she had me call up five random people from my life, and they they were supposed to be from different aspects, and just say, hey, I'm working with a business coach. When I walk into a room, what qualities do I bring? Mm. And it was really fascinating because all five people all different don't they don't know each other um kind of gave me the same words and i would i encourage everybody to do it it was just really a fun exercise frankly Mm -hmm. 
Um, but, you know, but figure out what it is that's going to make you happy mm. and then be bullish about it. Mm. The mm. second thing is to surround yourself with people who are smarter than you that have done it. So whether that be starting a business, whether that be going into um, changing career paths, you know, um, talking to somebody within your own company or somebody who's got a job that you're kind of interested in, just start asking them a bunch of questions. People love to talk about themselves and they love to <laughs> totally. help, right? So you kind of get totally. a better. Um, and then the third thing is, is, um, is, you know, be okay. I, I think be okay with staying where you're at if that's where you're comfortable. So mm. I had the ability, I had the option to say I'm ready to make a life change and to, you know, to, to go into Bloom Bras because I had spent, you know, 16 years in corporate America and I felt like I had the, the nest egg and the experience that I was going to, and honestly, I said, here's the dollar amount I can, I can put towards this. I'm going to either take a year off of, of corporate America earning to build this mm -hmm. because if I don't, I will regret that decision for the rest of my life. But it was right. I had to sit down and look at my numbers and say, yep. can I do this? I said yes, but it's okay to say no. Um, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then if you are going to do it, right, make sure that you are realistic in, in what that looks like. So I had to put together, I'll, I'll, I'll tell a personal story. So when I, I mentioned, you know, that the factory disappeared with my, my patterns and my money and eventually I was able to, you know, to get it back, but I essentially had to start from scratch. And at that time I went through the um, end of a relationship and, um, so as I was going through that breakup, uh, I had to essentially every day wake up and say, I am going to give myself an allotted, two allotted, true story, 15 minute pity parties. They were in my calendar because okay. I was like, I need to get these things done. I, I put together every single day a schedule. When I wake up, here's, I need to get this done, this done, this done, and then I have to go for a walk. I need to get this done, this done, this done, and then I can have my 15 minute, I can cry, I can journal, I can draw pictures on his face, I can do whatever it is that I want. Hit pillows. But that, yeah. Right. <laughs> but at the end of that 15 minutes, I have to stop and I have to go back into work mode. And that was, that was discipline, but it was also, honestly, it was like, that was, um, it was what, it was, it's what built Bloom Bros. Yeah. And self-preservation too, because yeah, if we totally. spend too much time in it, then we go right. off the deep end. Yeah. Right. right. Oh, oh. And Bloom Bras, we're going to go into our purpose power, power play round, but everyone has to check these out because these bras, they are for being active, but they're actually sexy, right? They're actually like sleek and sexy and everybody, as Lisey said. So, okay, Lisey, before we go. I always like to do this with my guests. It's called a purpose power play round. I'm going to ask you very random questions and whatever's the first thing that comes to your mind is totally the right answer. Perfect. Okay. Let's you down? Do Great. It. All right. Best book any entrepreneur should read. Ooh. Okay. So there's two. One is Great. you're a badass by Jen Sincero. Jen Sincero. Mm -hmm. um, I love that book. It, it doesn't have to be business, right? That's a, no, 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 um, no. 
Right. That's like one of my favorite, favorite books, and I make anybody who works for me also read that book. The second one is um, I, I still really love the uh, Startup Nation, which you know talks mm. a lot about um, startups in, this, in an Israeli culture and has nothing to do with religion, but it kind of just talks about perseverance. Mm, which is so important. It's like absolutely critical. Ten years, what would you love to see in the world? Either the Bloom Bras world, Cobalt world, your personal world, the world so, at large. Right. So honestly, I think um, there's several things. One is um, sustainability and manufacturing being a big, a big piece. Localization, um, getting back mm. to our roots of supporting each other, community. Um, I know those sound vague, but I, I, the more that I get into the world that I am in right now, um, the more I realize how fragmented communities have become but like those that we can pull together whether it be female founders community or like we were talking about earlier you know a, a reconnection of old contacts um or i i look at even you know i live in san francisco and the ecosystem here when we get together it's amazing what we can do and i think that mm. that's been missing for the last couple of decades and so i, I really envision that for our future Mm, 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 mm. Yes, yes, yes. So beautiful. Thank you. All right. Last question. What's one thing you want every woman to know? Um, that we all struggle and mm. that, um, you know, that reach out um, because chances are somebody else is either going through something similar to you or they're going something that um, they can help to benefit. And so as you know, as women, we are resilient and we are so powerful together. Um, but loneliness is what I think ends up destroying us. Mm. Amen. Amen. A woman, a woman. Yes. Yes. It is so true. We are all struggling. We are all struggling and we are all powerful and resilient, but really so together. And it's why we do this in sisterhood. It's why Lisi and I learned to do this in sisterhood when we were 14 and 16 and why it still exists today. <laughs> All of you out there. All right. Everyone, I know you want to get your Bloom bra. So yes, please. Yes, yes, yes. Go to bloombras.com. Of course, we have it in the show notes. And where on the socials should everybody follow you? So on Instagram, we're Bloom Bras, and on Facebook, we're on Bloom Bras. Those are really the two major ones that we um, that we're on. I mean, we've got a TikTok, but frankly, I'm I'm too old for that stuff. Um, and yeah, so so please come on. Um, we'd love to, no matter what, I'd love to just hear from folks in the community. Give us some love. Give us some attention. Um, everybody knows a woman, if not yourself, who has um, struggled with a larger chest. So like I said, we go from a 28C to a 56L designed to lift versus squish. Mm, so good. And I love this. So obviously we need to go get a bra and... Why didn't it be amazing if every single one of us listening to this episode right now, you just like hit pause and you went ahead onto Bloombra's Instagram or Facebook and you hit like, like what if just all at once thousands of us just flood them? Okay. And I know you're like still listening and you're not doing it, but listen, this is one thing that we can do to support a woman founder and there's only two percent and a really amazing awesome beautiful conscious kind and incredible one too 
Lisey, I'm so glad we reconnected. Me thank too, you, thank you, thank you too. for being. Thank you, sister. It's been awesome. It has been. It's been amazing, and I can't. I, I seriously, I can't wait to see. Also, how like see where you go with everything. This is like mm-hmm. this is just the beginning, and I love your story. Oh, thank you, sister. Thank you. All of you out there, thank you, thank you for listening to this episode of the Purpose Girl Podcast. We hope you loved it. If you did, I already said it, but head over to Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Post your five-star review. It literally takes you 10 seconds, and that's how I get these amazing guests. That's how I get the sponsors. That's how we are helping women change the world, one of us at a time. Of course, find me over on Instagram at Karen Rockhind. And if you haven't joined my newsletter, go over to Purpose Girl right now and join because that's how you're going to know about the sales I'm doing, the free classes I'm doing, the programs that will change your life, everything else. With that, my love, may you live purposefully. May you love yourself and may you love life. Bye for now.